Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to The Big Payoff. This is Rachel Bello. And I'm Suzanne Mushin. This is a new conversation about business. We tackle all the personal stuff that really matters to you at work. I'm ready. Are you ready? ready? Let's do this. Let's do it. Let's go. So, Suzanne, this is our second in uh, a very powerful series that we're doing called Off the Sidelines. I brought my, my juice We need, we need, I thought Bridget would appreciate it. Yeah. It's with Commissioner Bridget Gaynor in Chicago, who is a woman of such tremendous power that she cannot contain herself from sharing the secrets of power with our listeners. And this is the second in our series. And today we're going to talk about what actually is the best way for you to use your power. So last week, we talked about what is power? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to women? But today is much more provocative. Because if I'm out there listening to the show, I want to know, okay, I get it. I know what power is now. How do I? How do I deploy it? How do I deploy it? Without, you know, blowing myself up. <laughs> right. That would not be a good thing today in the studio. So we're going to have Commissioner Bridget Gaynor on the show giving us yet again a fabulous take on this issue. And then later in the show, we're going to talk to Anna Valencia. She is the founder and principal of AVK Advisors. And she'll, we'll talk more about that when she gets on the phone, uh, gets on the show. But importantly, Anna has been in the political world for so long Even though she's super young. I was going to say, she's so young. She's very young. But that's what's fascinating to me is how much power she, how comfortable she is with the reins of power and with telling powerful people who are largely men how to wield power. We want to hear all about that. And so do you. Yep. So we'll be, we'll hear from Anna later in the show. And then Rachel and I will share with you, as we always do, some of our own special stories about wielding our power. How, for example, Did I become so much more powerful than Suzanne? And how did it come that I wield so much power upon her? I'm looking forward to hearing that, Rachel. <laughs> so we'll be back talking to Bridget Gaynor when we return to our show in just a moment. Welcome back to The Big Payoff. 
we're talking with Commissioner Bridget Gaynor, who has helped us produce this series on women in power. This was really a shared idea. It was. I, I think it came up over drinks, which is where all the best ideas come up over. I was going to say, I think it came up from me. <laughs> and that's where the best ideas typically come from. But no, right? We just decided, let's do this. Let's do four shows on women in power. And so this week, we're talking about what does it mean to use your power? When do you use it? How do you use it? And in what settings do you need to rein it in? How do you deploy all that good stuff? So, and it's a great topic because I think everyone wants to have power. They want to use power, but we often don't know what that means. It's like talking about something totally ephemeral. And so the question for me is, how do you think about power in a more tangible way? And a great quote I got from somebody once that I think applies to power is that, you know, it, it's like a muscle. It's not a bank account. It gets bigger the more you use it. So don't save up all your pennies thinking, you know, I'm going to save up all my asks. I'm not going to use it. And then once I use it, it's going to be really big. I think that the reason that's a, such an important point and so counterintuitive, because I think what women especially believe women, I don't think this is a problem with men, is I'll these phrases, I'm going to pick my battles. Oh, yeah. OK, right. Yeah. So why would you so that is it. There are just various phrases that that are code for. Don't be known as someone who is pushing for power because there's nothing more dangerous, Bridget, than a woman who is seen as ambitious or going for power. Right. There's something grabby about it. There's something declassé kind of that you have to have this outward show of it means that you don't really have it. It's like having to ask for some, the price of something. Does that mean you don't have right. enough money to so buy it? So the Southern women, for example, are, are sort of emblematic of how to wield power with a velvet glove, you know. And But I think there are lots of ways to do it. I, I don't want to pretend that this is all about, you know, being tough and being out there. I think some of the most genius women who definitely use their power effectively are very, very subtle about it. It's behind the scenes, yep. it's building relationships, it's getting into somebody's ear, or it's being at the head of the table but not saying all that much until just the right moment mm -hmm. when your voice needs to be heard. So let's just talk about that. So how do how should we all think about using our power? And is there, it, I'll ask you a more specific question. People always use this phrase, like calling in your chits. First mm -hmm. of all, what does that mean? Does anyone know what that means? It's a poker. Uh, oh, really? Phrase. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You've never played poker? Strip poker. <laughs> yeah. Well, you clearly <laughs> just saying. Just saying. <laughs> clearly lost. Um, okay. So, so what, what is yeah. so what is is that a real do you actually have a limited number of like favors that you can ask of people and then you pick and choose, okay, I'm gonna use this chit because this guy owes me a favor. Look, I, I think that's a great question and it's as to to Suzanne's earlier point, the wrong way to look at it, which is you don't look at it as an exhaustive supply because if I ask you to do something and it's small and you can easily do it because I've been specific and a lot of that has to do with I've thought about you, I've thought about what you can actually do for me, I've done my research, so to speak, from a relationships perspective and I ask you to do something and you do it for me and I'm happy, you're kind of like, oh, that was great. The chances that you're likely to do something for me again are actually greater than if you never did something for me before. So that's really important. Whoa. Make the first experience with the person on the other side of the power feel great about it. Well, it's also not a favor. Asking someone isn't just a favor like, would you bend down and tie my shoe? 
It's it's actually it as you say right. it's it's an exchange. It's not an obvious exchange, but if they walk away feeling good, then that should help you not feel so bad about asking. I think this is worth stopping on for just a second. Women feel really bad about asking. They don't know how to ask without apologizing. Just talk to us about how you ask during the day. So that's a great point because I think we always, part of it is driven from you don't want to be a bother, but the other part of it is driven from I don't want to look like I'm needy. I got this. I have it totally under control. You know, I don't need to I don't need to your help because I'm I'm on it, you know. And so everything teaches us that that's the better way to go about it when it's completely the opposite way. And so I think that it's like everything else in life. If I'm intentional about my relationships, then they're going to be better and they're going to be more productive. And so when I was 21 years old, I moved to New York City. I'm trained as a community organizer. So you have nothing. You have no money. You have no political power. You're 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 like young. Barack Obama. Yeah. Well, right. I always say Except like she's it, white. Did you notice that she's white? I did. This I is the radio, so people in. might right. not. Community organizer used to mean like scruffy anarchist. Yes. But he kind of made it a little bit more substantive. So yeah. I have him to thank for that. Mm-hmm. So you, you go out there, and but what you do learn to do is spend a lot of time figuring out how do I make my incentive structure your incentive structure. What is it that I want? And what is it about the 15 things that you might want oh, that's so huge. that align? Okay, so maybe what I want is an after-school program at the school. And you don't think that that's your number one thing, but you care about safety and you're looking for something to do. You know, So how do I connect that piece? And, and it's, like, it's like anything else. If I've taken a little bit of time to figure out how to make that thing so you're going to say, oh, all right, that actually is important to me then I'm much more likely to say, yes, I have a line, rather than me barging in and saying, let me tell you what's important to me. You should think it's important, so too. This is, this is, but, Suzanne, this is what we talk about when we help nonprofits especially understand how to appeal to larger markets. The intentional relationship part of that phrase, just if your relationships are intentional, it doesn't mean you're manipulative. It doesn't mean you're a user. It means that your relationship can grow together. I want to ask something, though. When you say your relationships are intentional, is that all day long? And I'm being honest. Like, mm-hmm. is are, are you in the position that you're in because the way, the lens through which you view the world really does look at it strategically and like a chessboard like that? I don't think it's well, look. I, I don't want to give myself that much credit. I think it's some of the stuff is intuitive about just how yeah. you connect with people, but I do think that look, we have our personal relationships and our home relationships and all those things about family and friends. But then you're and those are the ones you manipulate. Yeah, clearly, uh, not always well, and often. <laughs> I badly. saw that purse you walked in with. <laughs> Bridget walks in with this like fabulous, fabulous purse that her queen purse, yeah, that her husband bought her for Christmas. Well played. There you go. He's going to – I saw that exchange. Would he slip you something before? 20 bucks <laughs> no, before I walked in the door. Fabulous. The, uh, and Christmas is coming again. Thank you for the tea up. It's a yep. gift that keeps on giving. Exactly. So the um, – no, I think that you know those are over here, yes. those personal things. But when you're at work, your job is to be effective. You know, So how am I most effective? And there was a fascinating piece in the New York Times a couple of weeks ago that talked about the arguments people are willing to make to convince somebody of something. And even though when someone knows that an argument is not going to be effective, but they think it's better and smarter, they can't help themselves. And so part of it is, why are you taking actions that you know are going to fail? Well, yes. I mean, that's like could be multiple shows. But how is it that you have both the ego to say maybe what I think is important isn't the most important to this person. You have the discipline to do the research, figure out, 
And then you have, you know, the kind of the, the ability to execute around figuring out how to go forward. One of the big mistakes, that's all fantastic. One of the big mistakes, I'm going to say nonprofits, but I'm really just talking more generally about people who feel they're on a mission. They're sort of do-gooders. So, and nonprofits because they're always asking. They're always asking, and that's the mode they're always in. So here's what we encounter all the time, but I think this is true for many, many women as well, is that they go around with the overall feeling of, well, I'm so passionate about this thing. I care so much about it. I'm going to use that passion to convince you that you also should feel the same way I feel about this fill-in-the-blank, right? What we've learned over time and what we coach entrepreneurs about is you have to earn the right to have that kind of attitude. You first have to look at what is the person on the other side of the table? What do they need? Mm -hmm. What do they want? What are they willing to give? Have you done your homework? Do you know what a, a good ask in this setting? You can't just walk in thinking like, because I have this halo over my head, I, I expect everybody else to just do whatever I need them to do. You know, also, Bridget, what I hear you saying is that there is nobody out there who isn't in a state of need of some kind. They Everybody needs something. So when... A lot of women approach an asking situation. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Thinking to themselves, I'm the only one who needs something. And I'm going to mm. ask it of someone who never has that experience. Everybody knows what it is. And as you said, Bridget, they are are right now, today, needing something for something that they're interested in. Take the time to find out what that is. Exactly. And look, I think that the thing I admire about people who feel passionately about what they want to do, it's great. It's great to yes. have passion. It's great to have thought. Yeah. But there's a certain, there's an arrogance, and then there's also yes. a laziness yeah. about thinking, Lazy. well, if I think it, then yeah. it must be right. right. And so I think when we think about how to be strategic in asking and building relationships, it's because we really care about what we're trying to get done. But also we have enough respect for the person on the other side Absolutely. to take the time to invest. It's not, you know, it's not so much a chessboard. What it's really like is, you know, it's like a, a, you're knitting together some sort of a blanket where stitch by stitch by stitch, it's all these interactions that we have. And they build up to something that actually has a good foundation. That image does not sound like power to me. So that's the, that's the, where I want to end because we've spent a lot of time talking about asking. And, the, and we started out talking about power. And I think people think of power as I do some, I gain some altitude, leverage, leverage power over you, mm. over X. What you just talked about in the weaving together is a 
form of power that really has more to do with influence for some greater good that you're 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 gaining influence but look at i mean look look at even the most powerful people that we can think of off the top of our head politicians ceos others they have to influence people. I mean, look at the head right. of a, a company. C- granted, could he walk in and fire a bunch of people? Sure, except that's totally ineffective. Does he have to bring along hearts and minds? I mean, we're seeing this in everything that's playing out in the news right now. There's people, there's statutory power, there's legal power, but then there's this power to influence. And even people with statutory and legal power have got to invest in the power to influence or else you can't actually be effective. You know, and then there's the mafia form of power, which is that (laughs) gratitude is the greatest form of power in the world. So we're very grateful to you for coming in today. What does that mean? Does she have power over us? No, I wouldn't. It means I'm in the mafia. I think that was, it's just she's she's packing today in her her sock, which is This was a very powerful conversation. Um, I'm sure that speaking of mafia, Anna would really appreciate being introduced under that <laughs> little segue. Speaking of the mafia, just kidding. Actually, speaking of excellence in the field yes. of power and influence and asking, we're going to bring Anna Valencia into the studio. We'll talk a little bit more about her when she gets here. But what I really want to know from Anna is break it down for us. So what is the DNA of a great ask? What comes before the ask? How does the ask sound? And can we actually help some people listening to this podcast get better at making an ask? Especially when it's scary, you're a 20-something asking someone who's got a lot of power. Tell us exactly how you did that. What were you wearing? Right. (laughs) What were you wearing? God. Um, Okay, I'm now going to ask Rachel to stop talking so we can sign off on this segment. And we will be back with Anna Valencia at The Big Payoff in Episode 2 of Off the Sidelines with Commissioner Bridget Gaynor when we return from this short break. Welcome back to The Big Payoff. Today we are in episode two of our Off the Sidelines series on women in power. So I think we should talk just for a minute about what Off the Sidelines is. So Commissioner Bridget Gaynor, you know what, I'm going to let you do it because you do it better than anyone. Well, thank you. Um, So Senator Kirsten Gillibrand and I, she's a U.S. Senator from New York, met a year or two ago and started talking about this conversation that we had had over and over and over, which is women saying, I, I want to get involved, I want to run for office, I want to do this, but I, I don't know how, and I don't know how to take that. What's that last mile? I'm so qualified, I'm all these things. And so she started talking about off the sidelines nationally, how to get women literally off the sidelines into the mix. And she came here in June, and we launched the first in the nation local chapter is in Chicago, it's off the sidelines. And so our view is it's not just an organizing mechanism, it's almost like a Yelp for women's engagement. You know, how do you bring everything right in front of people and deliver it? And the reason I found Senator Gillibrand so interesting is when I watched her career, you know, she gets appointed, she's the most junior senator, she gets to two really tough reelections. But she made herself relevant not by size of the fundraising book or her Chinaman somewhere in the in the Senate or whatever. It was about 
that she was asking for all these things. She was asking for all the support from somewhat unusual suspects around the first responder bill when she first got there. Then it was don't ask, don't tell. Remember, it was all this talk about, you know, a disproportionate number of the foreign language speakers were gay and lesbian. Then it was around the um, military sexual assault and bringing in, you know, Ted Cruz is on one bill and Rand Paul is on a different bill. And, you know, all of these random people were collected that weren't necessarily who you'd think she would align with. But by asking them to engage with her, she has risen in the ranks to become incredibly powerful. So that's so the opposite. This is what we were talking about before. It's asking people favors ends up increasing your power. Right. That's It's amazing. So we've brought into the studio today Anna Valencia, who is the founder and principal of AVK Advisors, which is a consulting firm for political strategy, but also... I mean, this, I'm telling you, this resume makes it sound like she's 65 years old. <laughs> really? And okay. she's only 80. Right. She was the senior advisor for Mayor Emanuel's 2015 election. She was the campaign manager for Senator Dick Durbin's reelection campaign. I could go on because I really Googled the shit out of her. <laughs> but let's just say that she's here because, Bridget, we were asking the question, who can we bring on the show who really knows the art of the ask? You're the first name. No pressure. No pressure. Okay. So, Anna, welcome to the, the show. I feel the pressure. I feel the No. So just break it down for us and tell us in, in your own experience, how does an ask go? What is What comes before the ask? What makes a good ask? And then what does the follow-up sound and, like? And, and break it, really break it down so it is literally everything from body language to what not to do, you know, just lay it out for us. Well, thank you for having me on the show, and thank you, Commissioner, for reaching out. This is fabulous. I think it's great that you have a platform for women to come and speak about power and um, things going on. Because when I launched in July for this consulting firm, I'm really one of a very few women and Latina in this space. And so it's very um, thrilling, scary, and exciting. All want to go out on your own. Um, but I learned from a lot, you know, working in the mayor's office, um, working for Senator Durbin, and other actually male candidates. My whole background has been working for male candidates. Um, so I've learned a lot, a lot of listening, a lot of how, uh, you know, our counterparts make asks. And they're very skillful at it because, one, I think you have to listen and you really need to know what the other, what you can bring to the table when you're making an ask. So a lot of it has been relationship building, you know, for the last even five years of just making relationships with people and not feeling transactional because people can feel that and being genuine. And also when you're making the ask, I believe it's so important not to always just go back for an ask, but what you can bring to someone. It, really, you if you bring a solution or you bring another connection to your network, um, people don't feel as though it's transactional. So, so you've just said two things that are a little surprising. One is that an ask is not transactional but relational. So you need to sort of play Take that, that out for us. Yeah. And the other is that you bring something to the table in the ask because the feeling is I'm taking something from the table in the ask. So help us understand or give an example of something where we could understand what those mean. Exactly. And, you know, you don't necessarily have to bring something to the table every time. Mm -hmm. um, but just think if you go to an elected official and you keep asking and asking, oh, yeah. they're going to think, what am I getting in this return? You're taking up precious time of my day to ask this. 
and you, I'm not feeling like I'm getting anything in return. But if you come and you say, you know, I'd like this and I'm bringing these resources to you or I'm bringing, you know, other relationships that you need to the table as well, um, that gets you a lot further. And you can tell when people are being transactional. Um, if, you know, I'll take an example here with the commissioner. You know, we just met really in January and have been building a relationship and rapport. And, you know, before I really got to know her, she asked me to bring on this podcast. That is something I will remember for another woman to help and give me a platform starting out. That goes a long way. Now, when she decides whatever she's going to do, which will hopefully be big, she can come back and, and that won't be so transactional. So I think that's very important. She's going to hit you up so big at the end of the show. Your head's going to spin. Anna, there will be a very large ask that's made great. to you. I'm waiting. The other great thing that I would say is body language and, and knowing um, when to make the right ask. You don't want to ask it in a Starbucks crowded with tons of people walking around. You you want to really set it up in an intimate setting or in a place that yields your power. So, um, you know, for example, in the mayor's office, I saw, I sat in, you know, meetings with him where I would see people come in and make asks. And I would know immediately whether he was going to say yes or no because wow. the way they presented it. Um, or even with Senator Durbin, you know, you have, you know, if you only have 15 minutes in a window, you really need to know how, okay, don't go through your whole bio. Don't go through all these things. Like, get to the point. Remember, you know, Suzanne, we had someone who worked for us who it was it was as if he had a tick about this. The, we would say, oh, yeah, well, our next meeting is now. So we, we got to go. And that would be the moment where he would say, so I've got something to talk to you about. I've got a favor to ask you. We've just yeah. announced no EQ, like no that it was way 30 to read seconds the room. left yeah. and now under pressure and now you're going to ask me. There had to be some weird thing about that. But and that I would never good... use the word favor or ask. I think you just say it. You know, I when I'm, you know, sending a if I'm asking someone, I don't really say I have a favor. I need to ask because all don't of a sudden oh, you're really going to so cringe you say? and right. you're going to say, Ooh, oh, you know, but if I just say, hey, I have this introduction for someone. I think it would be great for you to meet X, Y and Z. Oh, you know, there you don't feel like, you know, oh, I'm not going to be able to help you. So I think it really is body language setting and, you know, timing and making sure that person's in the right state of mind of when you're going to make the ask. Great. So one question I want to ask you, and I know our time is probably winding down, but at what moment do you make the ask? Because I think there are two schools of thought. One is don't bury the lead. Like just if you're going to make an ask, don't waste the person's time. Do the minute or two of chit chat and then they know they're going to be asked. So just make the ask. But the other is get them comfortable, help them understand all the things you just said about the value exchange and all that. So what is your advice for people? How quickly, when you're in a situation that's been set up for an ask, how quickly do you actually make it? Right away. I think you do the chit chat and then you make it right away. You don't want to let it linger to the end, especially if the person's time is very, very valuable. And if you've been investing in the relationship for long enough, you should be able to hit that relationship at, at very fast. And something to your last um, segment I listened to about, and um, Commissioner Gaynor said, and I have to do this, is use up your asks. I always think about saving my ass for perfect time, and I realize my male counterparts do not do that. Do not do that. So I am going to ask away, but in a very, uh, very uh, way you don't know that I'm asking. Right, and it's a renewable resource. Yes. And I think that part of that is 
when you're asking someone, you're also giving them the solution for what they, how they can actually help you. So instead of saying, oh, yes. you know, my world is falling apart, I need your help, or I don't know what to do, I'm, yes. I'm bereft. It's can you do something really specific, and they know how they can do it, and they know how they it, – it, it's like we all are, even in our work or home life. When I don't know how to do something, it's the thing I procrastinate about doing. Oh, yeah. And it may have nothing to do with whether I think it's valuable or not, or like the person who was on the receiving end. It's – it's harder. I have to give more brain power to it. So, so I don't want to come to you and make my problem your problem. So Be specific. As, as we wind up the show, I want to tell you all about the best ask I ever saw. So we were doing this book. The we is myself and Richard Saul Worman, who was the TED founder, like before Chris Anderson and everything. He really came up with TED. And we were doing this book um, for children. It was using information architecture to describe children and child development to everybody and we wanted a corporate sponsor so he brings out to his house which is in newport rhode island like a he, mansion a mansion among all Truly the mansions like okay with two rolls royces parked out in front so the guy from johnson and johnson comes into richard's studio as anna just said a very intimate setting he's flown there for this meeting so he knows what is about to happen so Richard says within, as Anna said, the first two minutes of the meeting. So, Owen, um, I'd really like you to sponsor this book. And Owen said, um, well, Johnson Johnson's definitely interested. How much would it be? And Richard put up one finger, which represented one million. Just put up his finger. And Owen was like, done. Okay, well, with that story, I will share the worst ask experience I ever had. I was starting a nonprofit. I was introduced to the then CEO of Morgan Stanley. I needed a bunch of stuff. I needed board members. I needed a lot of money. I had a $3 million gift that needed to be matched three to one. I had all, when you're starting a new organization, it's like, what don't I need? I walk into his office he has me meet actually in the conference room, largest conference table to date Oof. that I've ever seen. He's sitting at one end. I'm sitting at the other. <laughs> I, I, take, and I tell him all about this organization and what we're going to do and blah, blah, blah. And within five minutes, he says, that's great. What do you want me to say yes to? <laughs> that was that was your ask. my answer. That was your answer. Right there. Oh, I just, oh, my head was like, uh. I love that mantra, though. What do you want me to say yes what to? What do you want me to say yes right? to today? So Commissioner Bridget Gaynor, Anna Valencia, Rachel Pallow. <laughs> I feel like I'm like thanking everyone <laughs> for coming to my dinner party. Um, it's been great to have you on. And if people want to learn more about Off the Sidelines, Bridget, where do they go? Yes, just go to otschicago.org. And if you want to learn more about availing yourself of the hugely pricely services of Anna Valencia. <laughs> <laughs> Where do they go, Anna? AVKAdvisors.com. And she may ask you for something when be you prepared. get there. But she'll definitely be, prepared. be giving you stuff in return. We'll be back to the big payoff next week with Rachel and Suzanne. you enjoyed today's show and want to hear more from Rachel and Suzanne, you can follow them on Twitter at Big Payoff Radio and like them on Facebook at The Big Payoff. Our theme music comes from Penthouse Suites. Hear more at penthouse, S-W-E-E-T-S dot com. 
Download past episodes and subscribe to The Big Payoff on the Acast app or at iTunes. And you can always find us online at bigpayoffradio.com. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.